This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Happy, happy, happy Father's Day. We're here to celebrate you today. All you dads, bless you. Your guests, we're glad to have you here if you're watching by live stream. Bless you too if you need a Bible. Get your hand up real high. Ushers will get you the Word of God. And then we will begin this morning in Deuteronomy 27 here on Father's Day. I pray that this uh, encourages you. It challenges you. And I believe God will touch our hearts. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 13, 7, he said, honor to whom honors do. That word do means fitting and appropriate. And so that's why we're here today. The word honor itself, it has the meaning to value, to esteem, to highly regard. And so my, my honor is displayed in word, deed, and thought. And so we're going to honor the dads here. So as you turn to Deuteronomy 27, in this chapter, the Lord gives these 12 sobering warnings in these 12 different categories. Now, I'm only going to read one of them today, but I want you to see what the Bible says about some things pertaining to honor just as we start this morning. So Deuteronomy 27, verse 16. Cursed is the one who treats his father or mother with contempt. Now, one translation says, cursed be to the one who treats his father or mother with contempt. So we see here there's something that's affiliated with the way I treat my father. And the word curse means to sentence. It also has the meaning to afflict. But when we see the word contempt, it means to degrade. It means to demean. It means to despise. Now, I can do that and be outspoken about it, or I can do that in the private, but what what the real result of that is, it's a condition of my heart, whether it's outspoken or whether it's quiet. Now, I want you to think about what he said. He said, cursed be the one who does this. So it's a strong warning. You, You can do this, But there's a curse attached to it. There's a blessing when I obey, and there's a curse when I disobey. Now now watch the end of verse 16. And all the people shall say amen. The word amen means so be it or absolutely. Now listen, when I read that, don't say amen if you don't mean that. Amen, pastor, amen, amen. So actually you're saying so be it, absolutely. I get it. Now, it's, it's just interesting to me how, how the Lord brings this about here. This loving commandment, but it has consequences. Now, I, I've got to make a critical, critical distinction here, okay? Listen real close. Respect is given. Honor is earned. Now, let me say that one more time so you'll get it. Respect is given. Honor is earned. So can I have honor without respecting? What a question, Pastor. Let let me answer that. 
Do you honor your earthly father just for the title? Or do you honor your earthly father for the impact? See, I realize by saying that, that there's some of you had earthly fathers that were duds. Don't raise your hands, okay? But you can still honor the title that was given them. But when you have an earthly father that impacts you, you not only honor them, but you show them great respect. So just, just real quick, I don't know if you guys are all aware of this, but my father's in this service right now. I'm going to have my dad stand up. Stand up, dad. Where are you at? No, no, stand back up. You submit. Stand up. Submit. It's just not Father's Day today. He had a birthday yesterday. He turned 87 yesterday. <laughs> so again, I realize with Father's Day, it can be tough. But I don't want it to be tough here. We're here today. You can be seated now. <laughs> We're here to honor fathers and just pray blessings on every one of you. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter number 2. And as we turn to Luke 2, this passage is often used around Christmas time. And it's pertaining to this guy named Joseph and Mary. Now, what happens in this story is the angel of the Lord goes to this area called Galilee to a city called Nazareth, to a guy named Joseph. Now, just for a minute, I want you to put your, yourself in Joseph's shoes. So the angel of the Lord shows up to Joseph, and he says, Hey, your wife-to-be is pregnant with a child. And you would say, say what? And he said, not only is your wife to be pregnant with a child, he'll be a son. And you'll name him Jesus. And he'll be the Messiah. Now, you talking about a little pressure to hear that immediately? Now, many of you fathers think back to when your first child was born. When that child was born, they didn't come out of the womb with an owner's manual tied around their ankle. And so, so how many of us fathers in here, when your child was born, did you look and say, I, I'm in way over my head. I'm, I'm in pretty deep. My point in saying that is, it's a call. A father is a call from heaven. And so when God calls you, he equips you. And when God calls you, he graces you. Even though you may look and think, uh-oh. And so this guy named Joseph, he's in an uh-oh moment because not only is he going to be the, the father of the Messiah, he's handpicked by God. God said, you're my boy. And part of the reason God says this is because this man named Joseph would train up the son of God in a Jewish home. And he would train him up with the things of, of the kingdom. Now, in saying that, we begin in Luke chapter 2, verse number 39. So when they, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, 
had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own city. Now, what you're seeing here takes place here immediately is what he's talking about. Is all this took place at the temple. The synagogue. The church. That they were at the church. Now, I want you to highlight. I want to highlight something here. Because this daddy named Joseph is at church. He brought his entire family to church. Now, you're going to hear this several times today, just as far as the emphasis on church. But but let me read you this little little statistic here. And this is called a four-generation fade. Now, the reason I read this to us is because I want you to see the significance, dads, dads-to-be, the importance of having your children in church. The first generation, when dads don't make a, high, a church a high priority for their kids. First generation, church is not a big deal. We go to the second generation. The kids grow up and make it less of a priority for their kids. Third generation, those kids grow up and make it no priority for their kids. Fourth generation, those kids grow up with no concept of God. Priorities today impact generations. Don't care who you are. So we begin to see something here that that the Lord Jesus was brought to church. Verse 40. And the child grew. Talking about the Lord Jesus, he grew. Now, he grew physically, we know that. But I want you to think just for a second about this. When our children grow physically, we realize that's a process. In other words, when your child grows physically, he doesn't go from here all the way up here just overnight. We know it's a process. But to grow spiritually is a process too. Watch what the word says here. In the child group, he became strong in the spirit. He begins to grow in the things of the spirit. He was filled with wisdom. He began to grow in wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And so he grows in grace right here. And so we begin to see something here about the Lord Jesus that I believe it's showing that he matured every way possible, spirit and physically, as a human can. Now I know he's the son of God, but when you talk about the Lord Jesus, he was born that as a man, as a human. Okay? There's a process. Verse 41. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Now, there were three main feasts for the Jews. And it was a big deal for them to be at those feasts. In other words, they planned their whole year around those feasts. And, and it's interesting here, in, in, in verse 41, it said, his parents went to Jerusalem. If you'll note there, it didn't say just his mother. So again, we see Joseph was present in taking the Lord Jesus to church, to, to, to this feast. See, I don't believe at times we realize the significance 
of having our children and our families in church. Verse 42. And he was 12 years old and they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Jesus is 12 years old. Do you know in most Jewish customs, they believe that a child becomes accountable for their actions at the age of 12. That's where they're going to be held responsible at. Jesus is 12 right here. He was 12 years old and went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. So what happens? i got to paraphrase a little bit. The feast ends. Joseph and Mary are on their way back to Nazareth. They get a day out of Jerusalem and they realize Jesus isn't with them. We would think not that big of a deal today. I'll just catch an Uber and go back to Jerusalem. They didn't have Uber. The best they had was a donkey, a donkey lack, kind of like a Cadillac, but a donkey lack. It's the best they had. And so it was a big deal for them to turn around and go back. And so when you study this, they go back and guess where they find the Lord Jesus? At the temple. He's at the church. Because he's been trained up in the church since he was a baby and now he's 12, he had an appetite for the things of God. For your child to have an appetite for God, you got to get them around God. So now we're elevating. We're beginning to, to seed you with some thoughts to begin to challenge you. Same chapter, chapter 51. Then Jesus went down with them, his mother and father, and he came to Nazareth, and he was subject to them. That word subject means he was habitually obedient to them. You know what that tells me? Jesus honored his mother and father. The Lord Jesus did. Goes on to say, but his mother kept all these things in her heart and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. He matured as a Christian. So what happens after this is from chapter 2 to chapter 3, Jesus goes from the age 12 to the age 30. 18 years go by in one chapter. We can't find a lot about Jesus' life from, from 12 to 30, those 18 years. But one thing I begin to realize about the Lord Jesus in those 18 years, he had a foundation built within him. It started here. Don't think that God doesn't see those things. Don't think that that's not God's desire for every one of us. Get in the word and God will get into them. He'll get into me. Now, here's the challenge for us. The closer I get to God and the closer you get to God, the more I'll act like God. And the more I act like God is the more I'll influence my children. Now turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. As you're going to Genesis 18, this is a difficult time in the Bible. This is in a time of a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. A place that was so 
morally bankrupt, violent, and oppression that it got the attention of God. Kind of sounds like America right now, doesn't it? It's one of the reasons I'm highlighting this right now. So what God does, he sends these three men, which are actually angels, to go to Sodom and Gomorrah to give God a, a full, full explanation of what's going on. So they get to this area called Sodom and Gomorrah. They meet this guy named Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and Abraham feeds them. So they've had dinner with Abraham. Now we pick up in Genesis 18, verse 16. And it says, Then the men rose from there, and they looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Now remember, they're on assignment from God. They know their assignment, but Abraham doesn't know their assignment. Verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing or what I'm about to do? And remember what he's about to do. He's about to destroy this place called Sodom because of their immorality, their violence, and their impression. So when we read about Sodom and Gomorrah, let me tell you something. Sodom and Gomorrah have nothing on America right now pertaining to sin. Now, I highlight that because this is, this is the environment our children are growing up in right now. So he said, I've, I've got to let Abraham know my plans. Verse 18. Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all of the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now, what's getting ready to happen, what's getting ready to unfold is the Lord is going to give us fathers in here a biblical definition of what the responsibility and the job description of a kingdom man is. Pay close attention. Verse 19. For I have known him. One translation says, I've loved him. But think about this. I've known him. You know what that tells me? For God to know Abraham, Abraham had to spend time around God. The only way you get to know somebody is to spend time with them. And it's interesting that God said, I've known him. In order that he may command, and I highlight the word command, that he may command his children, his household after them, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteous and justice. Now he said, I commanded him, his children and his household, not just to hear the word of God, but he said to keep it, to actually do. Now, God, to me right here, he sees what Abraham has done. He's applauded what Abraham has done. And it's like he's saying here, Abraham, you got a dual responsibility. You got to teach your children and you got to command your household with righteousness and justice. The heart of a kingdom father right here. He said, you got to teach them the way of heaven. Here's the good thing about the Bible never changes 
The very thing that God asked Abraham to teach his children is what he tells me and you to teach them. So I don't know if you've ever read the rest of this passage. I get a paraphrase. So Abraham realizes God's getting ready to destroy Sodom. So Abraham's trying to will and deal with Father God and he said, God, you're a God of justice. Would you destroy Sodom if you found 50? God said, nope. 40? Nope. He goes all the way down to 10. But you know what? Sodom was destroyed. You know why God couldn't find 10? He found four and then one of them didn't make it. She looked back. So I'm reading all this this morning. And this is what jumped out of me. What was the root cause for God destroying Sodom? Many people would say it was their immorality, their greed, their violence, their impression. But I wonder this, if the root that God destroyed Sodom for was because the godly daddies wouldn't command their children in their household after the things of God. Because if the godly daddies were doing what God called them to do, then the area of Sodom wouldn't have been in the position it was in. Wow. So I believe today God's not only elevating his desire for us as godly fathers, but he's showing us the significance. And just as God applauded Abraham, I believe that's what he's wanting to do today. He's wanting to applaud you, daddies. Not to be perfect, but to say, I'm going to do my best in training them up. And so your impact is huge. Your being in your children's life is huge. So if you've gone to church here very long, you've heard me tell this story about my little neighbor, Buddy. Now, don't, don't freak out here. I got permission to come off the stage now. They told me I could do this now, so I'm going to take full advantage of it. So I got a little neighbor, Buddy. He's five years old. He's... he's uh, He's a dear friend of mine. I'm serious. Probably not a day. Well, not every day, but most days of the week I have a conversation with him. So I'm out mowing on Thursday evening, and I'm mowing. Man, it was hot. My lawn was big. And I'm pushing along there, and and I kind of see a shadow behind me, and I look back, and there he is. Every time that I mow, he mows. He has a plastic mower. And many times he'll just follow me up and down the yard. Well, I get done and I'm coming back to the front and I see him. And this little five-year-old, he's a little different. For his birthday, his mama told me he wanted a weed blower. So he's coming out there. I mean, this he's not very big. He's got this massive weed blower. And I said, what you doing? And he goes, I was going to blow your sidewalk off, but my dad's blower ran out of gas. You got any gas? I said, no, I'm out of gas too. So over the course of years, me and him have bonded through popsicles and the cookies called ginger snaps. Most days, me and him sit out on my front porch and talk. So about a month ago, I'm on my way to the mailbox one day after work and I hear him calling my name. And here he comes. He's got these glasses, and he always shows his little glasses up. And I looked on his bike, and I looked, and I said, where's your training wheels? 
And he said, I told my dad to take them off today. And he said, when my dad took them off, he said, I just took off, just like that. And I said, you just took off? And he said, yeah. And then he said, watch me. Watch me. So for the next few minutes, I watch him go as fast as he can up and down my sidewalk. And he said, watch me. And then he'd do like any five-year-old boy. He, he would slam on the brakes and leave skid marks all over my sidewalk. <laughs> but as that was taking place, I didn't realize a five-year-old was giving my, my Father's Day message. The heart of every child. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me in the spelling bee. Watch me sing. Watch me play the piano. Watch me at the ball field. And you know what I've realized? It doesn't matter if they're five-year-old or 18-year-old. Their heart's desire still is, watch me. That's just part of the story. The next day, I'm on my way to the mailbox, and I hear him yelling my name. And I'm looking around, and I realize he's on the other side of the street, and he's on his bike pedal as fast as he can. He goes, don't go in. I got to talk to you. And I said, okay. So he goes down, wheels around. Here he comes back. He jumps off the bike. And we go sit down on my porch, and I said, what do you got to talk to me about? And he goes, Tomorrow I graduate. And I said, you graduate from what? And he said, kindergarten. And I'm thinking, I hope he's not wanting me to come to his kindergarten graduation. <laughs> and I said, what else you need to talk about? And he goes, and I got a soccer game tomorrow night. And I thought, no, I'm not soccer gaming either. You know, graduation's important to a five-year-old, but it's important to an 18-year-old. And then we got down to a real, real heavy part of the conversation, and he looked at me and goes, what you having for dinner? <laughs> Food's a big deal to a five-year-old. Food's a big deal to an 18-year-old, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> see here's my my father's day sermon from a five year old watch me and listen to me see to a five year old and to a child love is spelled T-I-M-E I want your ears and I want your eyes and I want your heart. I, I just want you to recognize me. I just want you to see me. I, I just want you to notice me. And if the truth of the matter came out, it probably never ends with any of us. Even when you get to be 42. 
I'm 62, I'm not 42, okay? Now, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. Please heed that story right there. Please heed that. Deuteronomy, chapter 6. I believe this becomes the, the blueprint for us as fathers in this room. It's very clear. Deuteronomy 6, verse number 1. Now this is the commandment, comma, and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord God has commanded to teach you that you may observe in the land which you are crossing over to possess. I want you to take note of what he said there. These are the things of God that God has commanded you. So don't elbow the person next to you, okay? He's, he's talking to us. This is you. So the very first thing God tells us is he says, you've got to get the word of God in you. And, and not just get the word. See, it's one thing to know the word of God. It's another thing to obey the word of God. That's James 1. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. You know, if, if all you get is, is the Bible, you blow up. But if you get the Bible and the Holy Spirit together, you grow up. And so we need the Holy Spirit to help us, not just to know the Word of God, but to actually obey it. We keep reading verse 2, that you may fear the Lord your God. The, the fear of the Lord means to reverence Him. It means to respect Him. It means to stand in awe of Him. And it's interesting, this is one of the things God says, you got to get the word in you and you got to get the fear of God in you. I believe one of the most neglected things as Christians right now is the fear of God. We don't fear God. But when you fear the Lord, look what the fear of the Lord does for us. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. So something about the fear of God, when it begins to work on the inside of us, it says, I want to obey God. Religion says I have to obey God, but the fear of God says, I want to obey you, Father God. I, I want to please you. Now notice again, he gets over and he says, you. Now watch closely the progression right here. I command you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. You know why God's saying, I want you to have a blessed life all the days of your life. And not only you, but I want your son and your grandson. So we get back to the generational fade. God wants it to be generational. So what begins to happen is, is when I become a man of God, it's a generational blessing that's handed down. And if I'm not handing down a blessing, I'm handing down that curse. Now, I'm blessed, okay? I'm, I'm a blessed human being. I have a godly dad. 
I don't want to show hands here. But maybe you didn't have a godly father. Maybe you didn't have a, a, a man of God that speaks into your life. Why don't you be a generational history maker? Why don't you be a first generational history maker? Why don't you be one that says, you know what? This is what used to happen, but there's going to be a change within me right now. That I'm, I'm going to live for God. This is Joshua 24, 15. Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Now notice on there, he didn't say, as for me and my house, my wife says we're going to serve God. As for me and my house, we're going to, and that's not a slap to you women, okay? That's not a slap at all. I'm going to set the tone for my house. And I know there's all kinds of godly men in here that weren't given a great godly heritage. But they said, enough's enough. I don't want my children to walk in the things that I did. And so you can be a generational history maker. How do you do that? Just start serving God. Just start obeying God. Verse 3. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it. Be careful. Be careful that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, we all, we all want a land flowing with milk and honey. We all want it to be well with us. But that only happens when I serve God on purpose. And I said, Father God, I'm going to obey your word the best I can. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Now, I want you to get that right now because in the chaotic world we live in, there's people that tell you there's a lot of ways to heaven. There's not. There's only one God and there's only one Lord and Savior, Jesus. And I know when I say that, it, it pisses people off and pisses in the Greek. So just relax. I, I believe the Bible, okay? This is the Bible. Do you know most scholars say Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 through 6 is the most important passage in the entire Old Testament? And it's like God saying, you got to get this into the hearts of your children. There's only one God. His name is Jehovah. His name is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Lord Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life, the only way to the Father is through the Son. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. The B-I-B-L-A. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. How many of you remember that song? You may remember that song. <laughs> Thank you for feeling old with me. Verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Every part of me, Father God, I want to love you. Grace me. Verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And notice what he said today. Today. You got to make your today's count. Yesterday's over, tomorrow's not here. All I got's today. And it's interesting, he said, today. 
Let's not push it off till tomorrow, today. Verse seven. Woo, watch this, okay? Here's the job description. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. And if you'll notice in there, he used the word diligently. You know what that means? Not hit and miss. Diligently is day by day by day by day. I repeat it again and again and again and again. And the word of God is surrounded around my children. This, this is the definition of a godly father right here. And he says in verse 8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. In other words, you got to get God. Everywhere they look, they see God. And if you'll notice in verse 5, verse 7, verse 8, and verse 9, he said, you shall. The responsibility to train up your children isn't the responsibility of the government. It's not the responsibility of the schools. It's not the responsibility of this church. It's your responsibility. Man, Pastor, you are preaching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a passionate soul about this stuff, I promise you. Verse 9. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know what he's saying? You just surround your children. They see the word of God everywhere they look. I see the word of God, the word of God. See, the word of God becomes my blueprint for life. The word of God will tell you how to live. Well, the word of God's outdated. No, the word's not outdated. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God said in Psalms 119, he said, my word will remain forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will be here. Hang on to the word of God. And speak it to your children. Now I'm going to do something fun. I want every father in this room to stand up. If you're a father, stand up. Thank you. And the reason I wanted you to stand up Because I want to personally give you a standing ovation. Thank you. And you don't want to give you, I, I desire to give you a standing ovation. You're here. You're in the house of the Lord, and every sacrifice is based on preference. You're here. I had the honor to do a funeral yesterday. Man, that was 87. All they could talk about his whole life was Jesus. And I thought, that's incredible. His whole life is a book of Jesus. But I made this comment a couple years ago, this same man he was at a men's conference and after it was over, he grabbed me by the face. And he said, I'm so proud of what you've become. You know why I say that this morning? I'm so proud of what every one of you men have become. And if I'm that proud of you, can you imagine what Father God's doing right now in heaven? So I want us to bow our heads right here. Every man bow your head and 
If you're not standing, I ask you to stretch your hands out toward them, okay? Father God, we thank you for the gift of fathers and dads. And we ask you right now that you would grace every one of them to feel the call of daddy. That you would fill them with your heart, Father God. And the closer they would draw to you, the more your nature would come out of us. But Lord, on Father's Day here, we, we pray special blessings on the men of God. We, we honor, we esteem, we applaud them today. And we ask, Father God, that you would grace them in this great cause. In Jesus' name. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.